Folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm -hmm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the, the well, we do it twice a year, drive-in, April Ghoul's drive-in Monsterama since it is spring. And, of course, usually we have Gene and George. Hello, Stephen. Hi, Steve. This is George. Yeah. How this are is the Gene. Are the online tickets sold out again like last, uh, every other time that you have online tickets? We assume so. No, uh, uh, I don't think they're totally sold out. So, in fact, somebody just emailed me and uh, asked me this through my personal email, and he calls me Mr. Reese. I'm not Mr. Reese. My father's Mr. Reese. And uh, <laughs> very, very polite, though. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. But he asked me, you know, should, do I have to buy them online? And I answer honestly. I'm like I said, it's 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 best to buy them in advance. But you will you will get in if you show up and buy them at the box office. But uh, I think I think one of the things too is uh, is getting there, you know, fairly early to get a good spot because then you'll be <clears> in the back. You know, I know I'm jumping the gun with this show here because we're you know we need more of an introduction before we get into things like that. So I'll let Stephen take over. Well, after four years, I'm hoping we don't need an introduction. Well, you still do. You still do. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> you but still yeah, got to go over everything. At the Riverside, these guys are the ones who originated this uh, drive-in all-nighter thing that it seems to have caught on like wildfire in any drive-in that has access to the older films. Right. Oh, but it, did, it oh, did take a few years. It did take a few years. George is the oh. one that started it. I just came along for the ride. George does all the work. Gene, you're the one who makes everyone take, feel welcome, and I that's a big part selfies. of it, too. <laughs> yeah, you're the anyway. one who makes everyone feel welcome, and that's a big, big part uh, of it. Yeah, he does. Right. Well, when Gene, when Gene <laughs> came on as as the so-called marketing director, Marketing director. <laughs> uh, he he basically like he <clears throat> he he changed the whole dynamic of of the show with ad, with adding uh, you know little uh, publicity things and 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 photo ops and and you know he he was the one pressing for the community page, which has been around for a few years now, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, so so the whole dynamic of the show changed once Gene came aboard. Once he, you know, slid into the into the scene, which but he the, was a big fan genius, of thing from the beginning. Yeah, the genius is uh, is George though for driving across the United States to a little town in Western Pennsylvania that, that was so accepting uh, a drive-in that was so accepting with great people that said, you know what, we're going to do this and gave him a chance to, you know, to, uh, to create this. And uh, they're to be thanked very much. They're the Riverside staff, very great. Um, and uh, family, basically great people and a great combination with George for, um, for, you know, this whole thing. It, it, it's with their nurturing as well. That just, has grown a great deal and uh, yeah. continues to grow every year. It's just a different adventure, really, as the years have gone on. And um, the way, we're looking forward to many more. The way I've seen it change is when it first started out, it was all about the movies. And now it seems to be coming back and hanging out with the people that you only get to see at the drive-in Monsterama or yes. the September yes. show. Correct. I thought the driving monster was the September show. Well, the April Ghouls show. Yes, the April Ghouls. You mean yeah. Yeah, the April Ghouls? Yeah, it's. I mean, they're, they're one and the same, except for names, and except the the movie lineup is a little, uh, you know, different. And uh, you know what works with one? It's like people have become accustomed to seeing a certain kind of movie in April and a certain kind of movie in September. Right. And, uh, I think I think you know we're we're up for changing up uh, one of them or both of them once in a while. We'll see. You know, it's just I I just love that I I love that uh, you know we're getting new 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 people every year. You know, we see new faces. Last September we saw a lot of new faces. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Uh, the you know we always talk to you like almost a year after talk before the shows happened and we talked to you like the follow-up about the shows with you as always like a year later and Jalia Paluto was huge success and uh, a lot of new faces and uh, a lot of people that came out um, not really that you know knowledgeable of, of the films and ended up having a great time and uh, they'll be back in April so um, that's always worthwhile um, April has always been towards the demographic of 30s and 40-year-olds, more so than classic horror films and 60s and 70s stuff, um, as the September has been. And um, it's just a great um, group of people to, uh, to, you know, give them the opportunity to see these films for the first time on a big screen um, together, because back in the day we didn't see four films per night we saw one movie, maybe two movies that weren't even related to something we want to see. So it's a big opportunity to knock off eight movies or a few of those eight movies that you want to see at the drive-in. Yeah, and this year you really have really gone great with uh, the whole related thing like uh, Friday night, it seems like it's Pittsburgh, Jamie Lee Curtis night. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to. That's a way really good way to sum it up because we have a uh, Jamie Lee double feature and uh, and then we have two. Uh, I guess you'd call them more obscure horror films shot in the Pittsburgh area, 
And actually, both of them have the involvement of Tom Savini, who's yep. uh, who's actually come to uh, uh, quite a few monsteramas in the past. It's funny because I always I, I I always mention this. It's uh, you know Tom Savini comes with friends to enjoy himself. Sometimes he brings his um, his grandkids, and he he has a ball. He's not there as a guest; he's there as a, as a fan. Loves the event. Some a couple of times he ended up helping cook the morning breakfast for the campers. So that's the kind. Of, that's the. I mean, he's just there to have fun. And and uh, what I was gonna say is, uh, it's funny because we've we've shown so many movies over the years that he's been involved with effects wise, you know, doing the special effects for makeup effects, and he's never been to any of those. But he's been to like a Paul, he's been to like a Paul Nashie night, and uh, yeah, yeah. He, I guess he just wants to see something outside the the box of what he's he's you know. Well, if you look at his interviews, he, he lo- yeah. uh, his uh, thing is the Universal '60s monsters, the Hammer monsters. That's the ones that he grew up with and loved. Yeah, well, I talked to him, right. and he asks me. He asked me. You know, very, very nicely. Like, could you show Curse of the Werewolf? It's one of my favorites. And I said, yeah. I said, we're, we're going to show one of these. And we did end up showing it a couple of years ago during the, the last Hammer weekend uh, we did. I'm, I don't remember if he was – because, you know, I get things mixed up. I can't remember if he was at that one. I think he was. I think he – I actually think he was at least one night. It was, I think. I think. I think. Well, anyway, you know. So yeah, he did mention to me that that that's one of the ones you want to see on on the screen over there. So we're we were live last night. We were talking a little bit more in depth about the two films from Pittsburgh. Um, well, we'll start with the first two movies. They're actually Halloween. Yeah, two, you want to a big request. Uh, you want to go through that year now? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll yeah, just go through by- Friday. Uh, Halloween well, yeah, Two is that. the start of that weird little slasher subgenre, which I call is empty hospital slashers, where the only well, rule uh, says yeah. it's got to have four nurses, one patient, and one killer, and the rest of the hospital is completely freaking empty. Sound like crazy, hey. Joe Bob? Now, I don't think that makes it a subgenre. Yeah, we had X-ray, uh, visiting hours. Uh... <laughs> Were they all as empty as they had in the old clinic, though? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the weirdest one is X-ray because pretty much the killer and Barbie Benton for like the last 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that is true. In hospital, hospital things, they get they get away with a lot. You know, the the cleverest hospital kind of thing I've ever seen is actually in the, the Roger Corman biker movie, The Wild Angels, which is not a horror film, but it's just like clever the way the bikers, you know, do something to distract the the personnel to get their, their friend out of uh out of uh, out of the hospital because he's he's actually, you know, been under arrest, the Bruce Dern character. So sometimes you see clever hospital you know, stuff with hospitals be like like Steven says, it's always like in these horror films, it's easy to get in and out, or there's, there's nobody there, which is not the way it is in real life, you know. You know, but if you if you ever look at like, uh, you know, like, I think in The Godfather, there's a scene where where uh, you know they want to do a hit on the hospital, and Michael Corleone tells you know a friend that comes to visit, you know, stand here like you know, like you look like you're a tough guy, you know. So 
there's that that whole there's a whole idea of you know how hard is it for somebody to break in or break out of a hospital or you know go into a hospital with 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 the um, intent to kill somebody. You know, it always makes for interesting scenes. But like Steve says, he's right. It's like in these horror films, the hospital usually is abandoned, and that's not that's not the way it is. They have you know always people on guard and stuff. But yeah, Halloween one, two, and three are my favorites of the series. The rest, eh. but two is good. Yeah, well, it's it like uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it's been requested, and and we haven't shown it before. We shown one and three. Uh, like like a lot of things, we do things out of order, only because it's like it's just uh, even though a sequel might be shown before the original, it's because. In, in our, you know, during our program, it's just because it's just when the timing is right for a certain movie, and the timing is right for Halloween too, you know. The one I'm surprised you haven't shown is the second one, which is Terror Train. That just seems like uh, just an easy layup of a movie to put on the, the drive-in fest. Well, there was a lot of there's a lot of movies that you know. George talks about this all the time. There's a lot of movies that it's an endless list, and it's just a pick and choose kind of thing. So it's not yeah. that it's never been considered before. It's just that the year has to be right before it's in the running. You know, yeah, it's a long just, list of stuff. Yeah, it's because you know we we narrow it down to a certain titles. Like this, this time out, we we had titles in mind that we didn't end up doing. We were going to possibly bring something back from a previous April Fool's. It didn't happen. You know, we were trying to do certain tiles that were centered around possible guests that we were trying to get that we couldn't get. So we said, you know what, let's just, you know, since we're not getting the guests, let's just do this, that, and that. And the, and, and the, uh, and the schedule just came together. Gene had a lot of input with this, this April schedule. Yeah, so you know, we, did, good. <laughs> we did some brainstorming. I think we came up with, like, a fun, a fun weekend. A fun, you know, if it suits the the eighties horror uh, theme that we're going for, a lot of different things. We we only, you know, mostly American-made stuff, which is a couple of Italian-made thrown in late Saturday night. What's right. always cracked me up about a terror train is I've always wondered if the producer, once David Copperfield got big, was kicking himself for not putting him in the movie more. <laughs> Okay, I always thought I I, I, read, I remember hearing somewhere that David Copperfield did not like him seeing himself in the movie. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, it's sort of an odd pairing, really. I mean, you know, who would expect him to be in that film? Who would expect him to be in any film, let alone a Canadian now he was, was, was he even at the height of his popularity when that when that movie was made? No, he was. I think he was just. Your basic street magician, and that's what they needed for the movie is someone who could put off magic tricks about having the elaborate setups and expensive things. And David was the best they could get. And uh, and because I know I know a few years after that he he was um he was pretty much a household name as far as a a magician. I think he didn't he have a show in in New York like on on Broadway or. Yeah, well, he Broadway. did a lot. Maybe he did it like maybe in uh, Atlantic City and Vegas and things like yeah. that. I mean, he did he did like a big elaborate uh, show, 
but he was very popular. He used to have TV specials and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, didn't he date? Didn't he not date a supermodel or uh, somebody? Whoops, I just wrote it. Yeah. Huh? Didn't he make a building disappear, Steve? Yeah, he made a building disappear. like an expert on David Copperfield? I don't know anything about him. Well, I just remember watching specials in the 80s. It was like once a year, it was like in the 80s, it was like, David Copperfield makes the whole world disappear. (laughs) Did he, wasn't, was he on, did he do Love Boat and was there a murder on Love Boat? Anyway. No, I think happen. he was too big for Love Boat. And plus, I think the guy who played the bartender was jealous. Ted Lang said, there's no way you're getting no magician on the show that I'm on. Mm-hmm. There you go. But, yeah, Terror that Train makes, is good. What I like about it is the killer's always on screen because if they do it like a costume party, so the killer changes his costume into the one he kills, and everyone basically ignores the killer walking around until they find the body. But by then, doesn't, he's moved on to the next costume. Doesn't he wear a Gene Charlotte mask at one point? Yeah, that's yeah. the train conductor they use on the poster. Yes. Yeah, something like that. It's just a great you- movie because... It takes place like Halloween does. In fact, the director, I guess, spoke to uh, John Carpenter about uh, the formatting and the writing of the movie and saying that it should take place on one night to limit the budget and expenses and sort of like Halloween. And uh, they set on New Year's on a train and in Canada. And, I, you know, I like that. I like that. I like the groovy disco murder thing going on. Um, you know, the murder on the Orient Express type of thing, you know, the, they're out on a, you know, on a, a, it's all snowy and cold and they're on a train and there's a murder. It's a, it's a very effective thriller, I think. Better than the love boat, really, you know. And it's Canadian, eh? And it's Canadian, eh? You know, I love me Canadians. So, yeah, good. that's sort of the double date with uh, the Jamie Lee double date of Friday night. And then um, the next two films. Uh, I am so glad they finally found a good print of Midnight. Throughout the years, I've been hoping and praying that they would finally find one that didn't look like garbage. Yeah, I don't know much about that, really, George. Can you can you elaborate on the print? No, I just know that the the, the restoration was done, and then Severin released a. A really nice Blu-ray of it, and and um, uh, we, along with some great interviews with some of the people involved with the film, and uh, yeah, they did a great job with the trans. It looks much better than the. I think the DVD was put out by Lionsgate. Yeah, and it was yes. just an up up convert of the VHS from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was nothing to speak of, and like seeing it in this new transfer, it's I had a new new appreciation appreciation for it and uh you know it looks like it's not shot near van not too close to vandegrift but uh it it kind of looks like the area where the drive-in is because it was shot in uh parts of uh western pennsylvania right outside pittsburgh i think yeah and um yeah 
So it's gonna it's gonna set a really nice mood at the driving because, like I said, it looks. That's like, a nice thing to see too. You know, to see yeah. your na- old neighborhood or something on film in a movie. You know? I think some of the people coming like are familiar with the some of the areas where it was shot. You know, right. So. Right. <clears throat> and it's it's a great it's a great. Um, I like to say this on other shows. I said it on several. It's um. You know the two you movies. You said it on the Steve night. Harvey show, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Until his mm-hmm. Steve Harvey's teeth gave me a, a, like an epileptic fit, and I almost died. So you know what? Fuck <laughs> yes. Steve Harvey. I hate him. Anyway, so let me go on about this. Enough, enough of that person. Um, so anyway, uh, these two movies and the follow-up film after that on Friday night is effects. And um, what I want to say about both of them is that they're both prime examples of, you know, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh uh, independent filmmaking, which sort of exists, I'm going to say, and take a chance at saying this, because of Night of the Living Dead. And, you know, these were folks that were inspired by that generation of filmmakers, the late Nimitz and stuff, in 1968. They became old enough in the 70s, and they, they made their own films. And uh, you see John Amplis involved in, uh, yeah, I think he was he was in school at the time or teaching at the time. John John Amplis is involved in Midnight. There's a number of people I know um, that worked in Midnight that are involved in the uh, the local filmmaking business. And, of course, Tom Savini as well. Um, you can tell the movie is a labor of love. It was a movie that it was finished but not shown until years later. Isn't that correct, George? Wasn't it yeah, 77 I think it was, or 78? Well, yeah, something like that. Maybe 79. Sorry, yeah, I think it was shot in the real in the really late 70s, maybe like into 1980. But it wasn't it wasn't released until 1982. So it's kind of, even when it came out, it's kind of a throwback to 70s horrors inspired by like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Warlock Moon and things of that nature with the with the crazy family you know uh, in some rural area terrorizing uh, young people so you know like right. I said for, for a 1982 release it's kind of a throwback even the advertising is, is, a, is a throwback I, I guess because you can credit independent international for yeah, that. I believe they're, they're, the, I believe the the father of the girl in that movie, isn't he? He was a, like a legit actor too, wasn't he? Someone that oh, was. Oh yeah, Lawrence Tierney. Right. He oh yeah, Lawrence Tierney was a big star, and um, correct. I think Sam yeah. Sherman was the one that was the one that suggested. Lawrence Tierney had been a, like a heavy, you know, a, a character actor playing, you know, heavy heavies in in, in the fifties, and then he became a character actor. You know, he's, he's known for. Uh, he did a, a, a movie playing Dillinger, and uh, he played a lot of heavies, is what he played. Yeah, and then then yeah. like later on he became, he, and then Quentin Tarantino was using him, at least in um, Reservoir right. Dogs, he used him. Right. So he had yep. a resurgence. He ended up. He was on. Uh, he actually ended up on Seinfeld playing uh, Elaine's father. So he he was you know he was a pretty popular uh, face, and you know he changed. Right drastically in appearance and he's the brother of Scott Brady and, and they kind of look similar, oh. but not, not too similar, huh. you know, but they're, you know, again, another guy that was always playing heavies and bad guys and cops and right. things like that. But yeah, Lawrence Tierney in this is, is, is pretty, uh, it's pretty wild to see. And, and, and 
I think, uh, from what I understand, Sam Sherman, who was a producer on this, suggested it to John Russo, you know, to use him because he's something of a name. And I think Sam Sherman had just used him around the same time for the um, newly shot uh, inserts uh, for the film called uh, Exorcism at Midnight, which they revamped uh, TV for TV with. Uh, it was actually an old, an old. Um, 60s British voodoo film called Naked Evil that was shot in black and white. So what Independent International used to do was re-edit things. So they added these color sequences shot, I guess, in New York or New Jersey with Lawrence Tierney. Uh, I think he was playing a cop again. And so they have these sequences that, sh that they, they cut into the, 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 this black and white movie, which they color tinted, you know, was that kind of trick. And this was... Uh, I think, I believe it was just sold straight to television like that. I don't think it played in the theaters as Exorcism at, at Midnight. Uh, whose idea was it to uh, uh, redo the ending of Midnight? Uh, that was, was um, that Sam Russo Sherman. or Sherman? Yeah. No, that was Sam Sherman. Yeah, he, was, uh, he wasn't happy with the ending, and he told, you know, he suggested, after screening the film, he suggested that they... Uh, that he, um, you know, redo the ending. So definitely Sam Sherman. And by the way, we, we are licensing the image for that, for our April Gold T-shirt. And, uh, you know, we're, we're licensing it from Sam Sherman and Independent International to use that image for the T-shirt. So it'll be for this limited run of shirts. And once they're gone, they're gone. So Is it the rotting skull have... image or the bizarre one with the girl almost getting her head cut off with the clock scissors? No, it's the, the well, running, we, we, the mummified woman, which looks like a ghoul. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and there were like there was like victim women around it and stuff, and that wasn't something that we wanted shown on a shirt. Um, so we decided, uh, you know, we wanted a basic black and white image, and George was like, "That's it," and he licensed the image from uh, Sam, and the rest is history. Bill Van Ryn from uh, Drive-In Asylum. Um, Groovy Doom actually uh, put the shirt together for us with the logo at the bottom and stuff. And uh, the rest is history. Fast Custom T-shirts is the uh, printer that we use. Uh, he had the final version, you know, to create the silk screen on a Monday or Tuesday, and we had them in hand for sale by the following weekend. It's, he's not just doing Fast Custom shirts. He does Fast Custom work. So... We used yeah. him for last uh, fall as well, so we have a great relationship. I'm sure we'll do more. And if it wasn't oh, yeah. for the amusement park and that George Romero Bigfoot film that's supposedly coming out, effects would be the most obscure Pittsburgh film ever. Yeah, it's obscure. I saw it on a VHS. <coughs> a VHS transferred the data file like a well, like a. MP4 or whatever a couple years ago actually I got a hold of it and I gave it to Bill and Bill and I both watched it and uh, you know it's it's a it's a rare film it's, Joe Pilato is in it from Day of the Dead Tom Savini is in that film as well um, we looked up this one last night yeah he yes he was uh, he was in that as well well there's also a lot of people involved in that film you know that's local talent um, people that, you know, come out to the Living Dead Weekend and stuff. There's a lot of people that worked on that movie in the background. If you watch the end credits, you can see. And um, I never get this woman's name right. 
I keep calling her Deborah Green. I don't think that's her name. I can't remember what her name is. Um, she was the lead actress in the film. She was also in Blood Sucking Pharaohs of Pittsburgh and a number of other bit parts and other uh, Romero films, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead and stuff. Um, she as well. Uh, so, you know, again, it's, it's a, these movies are a great, um, they're a great time capsule of what Pittsburgh looked like in that time period and a great homage to independent filmmaking. And ironically, both available on Blu-ray right now in really great condition. So it was a perfect yeah. uh, match Midnight. And AFG has effects. Right. AFG. Oh, it used to be AFG, but now it's vinegar syndrome. CD. Well, yeah, we are licensing it from from AFCA, who uh, would be great. American Genre Film Archive. Yeah. Bingo. Excellent. What, what, hey, Steve, what would you do if that was a question on Steve Harvey's show? You would have done it wrong. Yeah, because I'd, be <laughs> I'd be hypnotized by his teeth. Just the pure whiteness of him would feud. just be blinded. <laughs> You're not going to be on my family feud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Saturday night. Well, before we talk about Ask Saturday, away. I mean, that is a great. And uh, if you notice, we didn't talk about the plots to Midnight or Effects that much because these are two films it's best to go in as blind as you can because of all the twists and turns in the movie that you really don't want spoiled before the movie starts where you watch it. Yes. Well, yeah, like, you mean like the way you posted your review of Hell of the Living Dead last night? So everything well, actually, it was one that we watched. <laughs> we watched that back on Fourth uh, of July, two thousand twenty. Why? And we were why not? It was more fun than uh, you. Why not talk about the greatness of Montero as? He's calling the rest of them dummies for not being able to shoot the zombies in the head. Yeah, and it takes a it takes a while for them to to for his co uh, SWAT team members to uh, pick up on that, doesn't it? Yeah, the guy, <laughs> the lead guy, looks exactly like what's his name from Dawn of the Dead. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's like. You know, it's, it's well, so we obvious. think well so to us, every one of them except for Montero looks like uh, Roger from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't too obvious, was it? Nope, not at all. I don't want people to know the plots, the midnight and effects. It's they're they're uh, you know these films are. Very uh, rare for for people in the Pittsburgh area. That's one of the reasons why we're showing the films is to familiarize people with it and to be you know to pay the homage you know back to the uh, the Pittsburgh filmmaking people. That's the reason why more than anything else. Yeah, I can just, remember just available uh, and it's a great deal. Yeah, I can remember going to Monster Bash and going up to a Russo and I'm like. I wish you had copies of Midnight for sale. And he's like, I wish I had some copies too. <laughs> well, it's always available, you know. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was available, but it wasn't that easy to find. Yeah, right. he didn't even have yeah. copy. I think he had one copy once of the Lionsgate version, and he sold that for around forty to sixty bucks, which was pretty cheap for how much it was going for back then. Yeah, I remember. You know, I, I was surprised once the, the Blu-ray was announced. I had the the Lionsgate DVD, and I think I sold it on eBay. I don't like. I probably saw it a decent, price, but nothing. And I mean, I was surprised at how high it went. I was like, "Whoa!" What movie was that? The Midnight. I sold the DVD for you know like oh, a okay. considerable amount, like for right. something that you know I guess because it was out of print and stuff, <clears> and <throat> it wasn't an astronomical <laughs> amount. I don't like you know, I I, I if it's it's out of print, I'll sell it. You know, I'll start the bidding at like five five dollars or something and see what happens. And you know, I was surprised it went it went fairly high. But uh, you know, it's there's no need to have it after the, the Blu-ray was announced, and the Blu-ray's spectacular. They yeah, have interviews beautiful. with uh, Sam Sherman, John Russo, um, uh, Ample. John Amplis, and uh, and Savini, Tom Savini. So, really good stuff. John, John Amplis fondly doesn't remember much of the movie, which I found very well. Neither does Tom Savini because I don't think Tom Savini did it because it was kind of like he did it as a favor. Um, right. So he was, you know, it, it was his basic stuff. It wasn't really, you know, the reason for him not remembering it is probably because he just kind of went in and went out. You know, he was so busy at that right, time. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. That yeah, was yeah. at the time of Dawn's the Dead, Maniac, uh, oh, yeah, Friday the 13th. 13th. Yeah. Amazing. You know, and it, it just, it was, a, again, it's a lesser film that, uh, you know that's out there, and it's it's not that bad of a movie. I mean, you can't expect it to be the you know a super original plot or anything, but uh, you know they they're both very satisfactory films to watch. I remember renting uh, Midnight at a Giant Eagle, which is a grocery store here, um, and uh, I remember I I think I got it there actually. I think I got it there, and I remember seeing the there was a white clamshell case with. Uh, with, I think the cover was the girl, wasn't it, George? Or was it the mummy thing that we used? I can't remember. No, what I think it was the, the girl. Yeah, all of the VHS <laughs> I think it was, was the, girl the one on the with the girl. Yeah, the girl and the clock and the hand scissors. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, out of the images, though, I prefer the one that we use for the shirt more than the girl with the clock. I think it's a little yeah. more... It, it's, it's a little more appealing. It has sort of a creep show, you know, and it's, it's speaking of which it looks like kind of like Eddie from Iron Maiden and very reflective of the eighties. And, uh, you know, that's, that's another reason why I like the image. It's just nice. It's just a nice horror image. It makes a nice black and white t-shirt, you know, available for any occasion. And we still have them for sale. So, But you better watch yeah. out because, Unlike Monster Bash or a lot of cons, even the not big T-shirts gone by the time the Monsterama weekend is over. Oh yeah, we had nothing left from the last show, and, and a lot of the a lot of the sizes are <clears throat> seriously gone by Friday night. A lot of them people show up on Fridays, and you know we we still had a sufficient amount of. Um, of uh, shirts last uh, last autumn, but the thing was that the sizes were lower, and uh, you know people have to get what they can get, you know. So it's best to do either mail order, the instructions are on the website, or to do uh, reserve and pickup. 
And the reserve and pick them is actually a great deal because you know what? You you contact us, you pay for the shirt, we write your name down, we pull the shirt and put it in a box, and then all you have to do is come and say it's your shirt and you get a shirt. You know, it's a, it, it works out. And there's a lot of shirts on reserve, let me tell you. It's that picked up substantially from the September show. Um, you know, larger sizes are essentially history. Uh, we're not. We didn't stock the larger sizes for any length of time. We did a um, special order, and that was it. Because you know, if, if there are leftover shirts, malls and and super big shirts are the hardest to sell. So that was one of the reasons why. But there's a good amount of them left. If you're listening, go out, send us some money. We'll get your shirt. So okay. Yeah. Uh, is camping going to be back this year? Camping is back well, as always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Even even after what happened last year with the bats, you know, and, and uh <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> even though Count Yorga uh attacked one of the <laughs> Volkswagen vans out there. Yeah, <laughs> Count Yorga always had a thing against the Volkswagen vans and I don't blame yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's out there, yeah. And so is Cropsy. I think Cropsy took out a few people down by the lake. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and the basket this year, I've looked up some of the prices and stuff, and this may be the best value you're going to get, even if you're one of those crazy people who dropped 20 or 30 to get tickets for the basket. And if you win, you're going to get a deal. Yeah, oh, they actually. Nice despite the fact of the, of the, uh, you know, the shortage of food, we were still able to obtain rice aroni for the basket. So that was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The basket, the basket is full of, um, you know, modern-made toys based on '80s horror films. And like Stephen was telling me the day, he thinks that the. Um, the, the the set with um with uh, Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween Two is uh is like the tip of the iceberg in there. I think it I think it is like the centerpiece. The oh, I would say it's another beautiful basket. Yeah, that one sold yep. out as soon as well as soon as pre orders went up for it. That thing just like poof disappeared like a smoke. Yeah, well, that was, you know, and it ties in with the, the you know, the movie we're showing. There's, there's toys in there from movies we're not showing, but it's an 80s theme. Uh, the, I, I got, I managed to get the, the, um, the Creepshow Crate Monster in there because I, well, I think we showed Creepshow and I would have loved to have it. When we showed yep. Creepshow a couple of years ago in April, I would have loved to have it, have had it for that basket, but it wasn't out yet. It wasn't so. available yet, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't. It, and, uh, no, it was, it was still in it's production. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a nice little piece. It's a nice piece. And then again, it's like yeah, it's it's a great shop. Savini. So. <clears throat> sure, sure. That's and awesome. uh, and um, yeah, we got the reanimate with some reanimated things there. There's a really nice Evil Dead Two uh, Ash figure, you know, with pieces that uh, what do you call it? interchangeable pieces and yeah, I think you got the deluxe edition with like uh, two or three. One or two exchangeable heads. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. 
one where you can change the hand to either have the stump on Ash's hand, the regular hand, or the infected hand. Yeah. Right. right. Well, we didn't that talk about the tops where they're the deluxe figure sets. Now we can get into Saturday night, speaking of the Evil, evil Dead 2. So what's your make on uh, our Saturday night lineup, Stephen? Oh, it's good. Uh, Evil Dead 2, I'm glad that you're showing when you really don't need it. Because usually, every time I see the indoor horror fest, they would be like, yeah, we're showing Evil Dead 2 because we got to get one film that's guaranteed to make that money. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. what I said, but without the accent. But yeah. well, we, you know, we showed the first one. It was on one of the best, actually. I know wow, that yeah. that was the, I was there. That was my first weekend. Yeah, it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead, oh, Night sure of the Demons and Demons. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Definitely. So uh, yeah. So Evil Dead Two and Reanimator, and I think George can uh, tell you a little bit about that. It's been requested for quite a few years. The reanimator. Yeah, the reanimator is a question. I think a lot of people would find it. You know, it's one of those films where it, it seems to play in revivals a lot over the years. Yeah. I actually saw it at the drive-in, uh, at the Starlight Drive-in in Atlanta about 15 years ago. Um, and, you know, because because it played, it played around for a bit, I wasn't in a, in a big hurry to show it, but again, it's like here's a situation where the time is right, and 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 Gene's influence. He so he's like, yeah, just you know, you gotta get, you gotta show Reanimator, you gotta show Reanimator. Yeah, you talk so, about it for such a long time. Get that movie out there, absolutely. Yeah, you know? well, it was the, the time. How many right. people want to see it? Yeah. So then, uh, Doctor, I think Stephen, have you seen Doctor Butcher, MD, also known as? Uh, as, uh, Zombie Holocaust. Holocaust. Of course, I've got the uh, Shriek Show Blu-ray that has both cuts on it. The, the cool. Zombie Holocaust and Dr. Butcher. And yep, he makes absolutely. house calls. That has to be one of the greatest taglines ever. He's a homicidal, no, a- depraved, necrophiliac butcher. And he makes house calls. And I th- and I think that's a pretty accurate description. It, it, it is good, but I think it's a very accurate description of that film because, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, for the American market, I can see how it was marketed that way to be that type of shocking. But, you know, um, for the international market or in particular the Italian market, it was, it was just a sort of uh, – you know, a cross between a zombie and cannibal film is what it was. And some of the stuff in this movie is extremely creepy and graphic. It's not a movie that uh, comes across lightly. It's really a very, you know, very gory, nice drive-in style movie where people are going to cringe and be like, oh, my God, it's horrible what they're doing on the screen. And, and I think that's what makes it so much fun. You know, it's like people are going to leave uh, leave April Ghouls with a really interesting impression of the weekend because of that film, because of you know its its violence and, and and the weirdness of it. And it's so you know it's very similar to Zombie. We talked about Dixie and McCulloch and 
such, and it's just uh, it's just a, another great film from the Italian. And it's the second the film Italian where that library. exact same cottage that's burnt down in Zombie is yes, burnt down yes. in Dr. Butcher and Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, almost like the same the same village and stuff. It's very similar in structure. I mean, it could actually remind you of another film, except for. You know, it's it, it is different. It is very different, but uh, you know, it's it's a fun movie. I just bought it on Blu-ray over Christmas, well, after Christmas, and uh, you know, I proposed it to George and said, "How about this movie? It's, you know, I think it's perfect because of the violence and stuff. You know, people are going to." And plus, it has the opening was directed by Roy Pumpkus and Wes Craven. Of what movies? Yes, because it was, it was originally. Yeah, they were from that. That footage was for uh, going to be for a proposed anthology film, right? Was right. It? Yeah, right. tales to, to rip your heart out. Tales to rip your right. heart out. Yeah. So that and, yep. and it got it never got completed, and uh, you see, you see, there there is like you know, uh, clips from you know the uncompleted film I've seen. And yeah, it's funny. West Craven. I guess that's before West Craven really hit it big. This is probably sometime after um, The Hills of Eyes um, yeah. that he that he was involved with this. Because this is, I think, you know, even with that, they were shooting it on sixteen millimeter, so it was going to be a really low budget thing. But I, I think what he did was was is, is pretty effective. So I actually prefer very, the Doctor Butcher up. version. You know. Very effective, actually. Yeah. yeah. And and of course, in in the shit slaughter, what's that, what's the last slot called on Saturday? Zombie three D. No, because Zombie three D is actually fun. And of zombie course, 3D. Was, yeah, yeah. Zombie three D, which is not a three D. They actually intended to film it in three D. That's why it has that goofy scene of the zombie head jumping out of the refrigerator and jumping right at your face. Because they were intending to put it in 3D, but they decided not to until last second. Okay. Wow. I never, I never got classes with it. I know. Anyway. They never, they never did do the 3D. They just did that one scene with the head jumping at the screen. Right. Very frightening. And so. 20 minutes of the movie was filmed by Lucio Fucci, the rest by Claudio Fragasso, and, uh, <laughs> and your Bruno friend Mati. from last night, yeah, Bruno yes, Matai. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and oh, so boy. three directors to the. I think Fucci, what, Fucci got sick or something? Yeah, he got sick and he, he turned in what he Fucci, considered his finished cut, and it was 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I think I think Fucci had some bad egg roll. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, it was a it really was a yeah it was a Japanese Italian production. But anyway, uh, you know no 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 movie, no I think it was a, a <laughs> well it was shot in the Philippines. Well, I don't even Japanese anymore. Well there you go. There's an Asian connection. There you go. Everybody yeah, I mean, but it, it's it's, it's an Italian production. They just shot it in the Philippines. <laughs> so could, so, you know, it's, so, a, it, it, it just epitomizes an 80s movie, though. You know, it was, 
Because, you know, you got the jungle and you got people riding around with boom boxes and, and, and women with big hair and uh, all that kind of stuff. It's just sort of the movie just sort of epitomizes uh, 80s action uh, zombie films. And that's another reason why, you know, it's it's by no means a, a five-star film, but it, it absolutely is perfect for that slot and, and as a follow-up to uh, – uh, zombie Holocaust. It's perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah. So, there you go. Well, all four of them seem to be zombie comedies. Too intentional, too not. Right. Because yeah, Dr. Butcher has a scene where they throw that dummy off of the screen and it lands right yeah. on the concrete and the arm flies off. Well, that's kind of I don't think it's meant to be 3D. funny. I just think it it is funny. <laughs> yeah, I said unintentional. You know, it, it's, <laughs> you know Reanimator and, and that movie are about mad doctors and those dead. So see, they kind of flow. Yeah. They kind of flow. So, and we do like that. We thought that was a good thing. So anyway, <laughs> I assume we're not seeing you this April, Stephen. No, I just got out of the hospital about two weeks ago after getting, like, uh, well, having a serious blood infection, getting three liters of fluid pulled from my stomach. Jesus. How are you feeling now? Are you feeling better? Oh, I'm feeling good now that I've gotten rid, gotten rid of it. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. What? Yeah. Are there going to be any food specials this year? Any mad gene concoctions like uh, no, that uh, pizza? We, like we, haven't pizza. Done, we haven't announced it yet. They usually send us a snapshot of the specials. Uh, they take a picture of the menu and they send it to us and then we post it and then we talk about it. So between now and Friday, that will definitely be on the page. Um, we also have uh, two guest vendors, uh, Ron and Creepy Classics will be back, of course, uh, as is tradition. And uh, we will have um, Time Bomb Toys in the front of the building, you know, as is tradition. Isn't and, uh, uh, Time Bomb Toys the one who helped you put the basket together, George? No. No. <laughs> and we'll have the Canadian Prince and Princess. And a giant bowl of pudding, and as is tradition. Yes. And of course, the couch. <laughs> the cow. The couch. Fred Schrager's couch. Yeah, it's going to be a big one this year, I'm told. So <laughs> it, this is a super deluxe uh, Brad's hideaway this year. So it's going to be big. Real big deal. Room for more people to lounge this year. So we're very excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I do so, love that. It's become more about the people coming there just to enjoy each other's company, and the movies are incidental. So I'm going to have to retire the butthole slot because people really don't care if the movies are good or bad as long as their friends are there. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean. I know what you mean. You're saying that the camaraderie distracts them from the feature films. Well, so. yeah, well, in way. some sense, people don't necessarily. I think some people, you know, I, I know, like, like when we did the Spanish Horror Weekend, and we had a lot of young people. It's not they're not coming because 
because of the, the, the specific movie titles. I'm sure they're not familiar with most of the titles. Right, but but, but no there, there was a, there was an attraction. There was a weekend of you know movies with titles like Vampires Night Orgy and like you said, the camaraderie is uh, is is really high. It's really uh, you know it's really a, a, a big a big deal here. When when they come to these things, people meeting people, people making new friends. About yeah, um, yeah. The biggest thing that I missed that you haven't had since uh, before 2020 is the group photo you used to take. Right. Yeah. Well, that could come back at some point, but right now the COVID subvariants are out of control, and um, you know we're not going to take group photos, and, and with the possibility that one person is sick and gets everybody else sick or, you know, heaven forbid someone is sick and then goes on Facebook and says that they caught it there and all that stuff. I, the liability yes. of that is not, absolutely yeah. not worth a photo. And as we so know, that's, that's how most Bruno Mattei movies start. So, Right, exactly. You know, we're not going to take any chances. We've had no issues with uh, no issues to report uh, with any kind of illnesses for the last couple of shows. In fact, they've sold out. Um, it's a very safe environment because it's outside. The, you know, masks are optional. Um, you know, but it, I had a bad cold last month that, that I thought was COVID. I tested multiple times and came out negative. It's not just COVID that's a problem right now. It's actually head colds and the flu and stuff. You know, we, we've been avoiding, you know, each other for a society for two years now and, not, and wearing masks and everything and, you know, stuff's coming back. So you just, need to use common sense and you'll be okay, you know. And if you're vaccinated and you catch something, you know, it's going to be just an easy ride usually and you're going to be okay. So masks are optional. If people want to wear them, that's great. If they don't, it's not a big deal. So we're, that's, not, that's the way, you know, things are going to play out for this. And, you know, when the numbers are down significantly in the Pittsburgh area, or it isn't, you know, even fall is better because you don't have the flu and cold season in the fall. We will go back to doing the group photos. It's something that's going to come back, but right now we're not. We're just they're on hiatus for the time being. It's too risky for us and for other people. Well, I've noticed that a lot of the my friends who are like cons or con benders, they're going back to the cons, and then two weeks later, oh, I got the COVID now. Well, it spreads fast. It spreads through my workplace really quick. You know, I can't tell you how many people, and it was the same thing with the tent cold thing. That's why I had concerns when I was, I actually worked from home for, uh, during what would be a uh, incubation uh, quarantine period for fear that it was going to develop. But I home tested four times and came up negative every time. But the cold I had was unbelievably rough, and I'm still actually getting over some of the symptoms from it. And, it's, and I know a lot of my coworkers had the same thing and some people in, in neighboring offices because now that everyone's back to work and stuff, I'm, we're all talking about it and stuff. So, you know, it just it just comes down to safe practices. You know, wear a mask if you feel like it. Avoid people. You know, just use common sense. That's what it comes yeah. down to. And the thing with conventions, you know, I went to Horror Round, and it was small, and, and I didn't have any fears, but I, I did not go to Steel City Con because I saw the numbers of the people in the photographs and stuff, and there were too many people in those rooms, you know, wedged together. And I'm not willing, fully vaccinated, I'm not willing to take that chance. So, 
you know, it comes down to discretion. But again, this is an outside yeah. event. We've had no problems. And if there's any place that's safe to go to and have a good time, this is definitely it. So come out. Come yeah. out. You get it Come out and have some it. fun. Watch some uh, great 80s movies. <laughs> well, come out in September, too, because that's when George becomes like the mad genius scientist. You never know what he's going to pick, but it always <laughs> seems to turn out perfect. Yeah, I hope. I hope so. Well, yeah, he's going to that September is more of a free-range show. What's that? September is more of the free-range show because you aren't locked into anything. It's like I want to do a mo- I want to do some a night of vampire films. Okay, I want to do a night of uh, dark shadows. Okay, you know. Why, why is the guy proposing these ideas sound like an idiot? <laughs> What's that? Oh, all the show. Yeah. Oh, show some vampire movies. Okay. But I did love the Spanish horror night. Well, the Paul Nashi night. I especially came just for that one. Yeah, the Nashi night was fantastic. Yep. Absolutely good stuff. I just remember you talking quite a bit about House of Psychotic Women, Steve, quite often, actually. Yeah, Blue um, Eyes of the Broken Doll. I love that one. Yep, yep, yeah. I know. Some great memories. That's, That's before I learned the law that for some reason, Nashi loves to have his character killed in every movie he's in 20 minutes before the movie's over, <laughs> or at least at yeah, the end of right. it. You're yeah, well, that, yeah, that right. happens like in Horror Rise from the Tomb, and uh, yeah, you're right about that. Unless he's but, a werewolf, and the werewolf dies at the very end. Yeah, then, you know, he transforms. Well, sometimes he's saved. Sometimes he's saved. Is that one with the happy ending, the night of the, um, the, night of the Howling Beast or the werewolf and the Yeti? The, the night of the Geishas. The night of the Geishas? The night of the Geishas had a happy ending. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He's a werewolf. Uh-oh. <laughs> Beast the magic sword. I think Bjork was in that too. And I'm yeah. mistaken. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to uh, think you what still, else You still haven't done a Bigfoot night, darn it. You need to do Night as a Demon during 80s night. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would definitely bring that. Night of the Demon, the Bigfoot movie. Oh, yeah, we like that film a lot, actually. Yeah, that, that, so, that's a yeah. possibility for the future. Yeah, we're still waiting for a nicely remastered version of Shriek of the Mutilated because that's definitely going to happen in a future event for sure. Yeah, it's coming out. So. It's supposed yeah. to come out this year. Yeah, yeah it's, it's coming August. out on Blu-ray from uh, yeah Vinegar Syndrome is doing it. And they brought yep. it, and they paid for the rights for popcorn. Finally, right? Popcorn. Yeah, you're right. You're right with that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the song popcorn. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, I th- I'm thinking the movie pop. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because, uh, yeah, because uh, Retro Media put out two different DVDs of it. One had the song, and then one didn't, but then the one print that had the song, it was, like, choppy. So the scene where the the girlfriend kills the, the drunk boyfriend with the, um, by throwing the uh, toaster <laughs> in the in the bathtub, it's like, well, it's, you know, one of the best scenes in the movie was, like, like missing shots. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah it was you like, know, like she throws it in and then it flashes and then it's over instantly, right? Like there's no like, scene. It was like during a like real change or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm bad. so happy to, uh, to 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 see Shriek and Mila getting a nice. Uh, the the ones I'm excited, the two I'm excited about most from uh, Vinegar Syndrome right now is um, uh, the Horror High and um, and Stanley, which I think yep. are coming out of Double Feet. They had it offered during like the one of those sale, like those mid whatever they call the halfway. Yeah, the, the mid year sale. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I didn't buy it. But the ones that's the limited is always just the slip, the slip covers, which right. I think if you're buying a movie just for the slip cover and not the little round disc inside of it, you're well, a special kind of stupid. Well, well, you know, like that, you had to buy the whole batch to get it, you know, to I buy it in advance, but it'll be available separately. Those. Yeah. A lot of people are collecting the slip covers, especially with the. Uh, the hammer ones, the the ones the hammer, you know the the, the, the Mark Mad, Madsen ones, uh, you know yeah. from the <laughs> Shout Factory. Factory. Yeah. Once they're gone, they're gone, and they're, they're kind of collectible because Mark's art is <laughs> phenomenal. So yeah, you know, though they're out, but they're not with slipcover. Oh. So I think there's quite a few people. In fact, it even says that on eBay, the more expensive ones are available with limited edition slipcover. So there's. You know, it does seem like it's an extreme waste on a, one level, but truthfully, they're highly collectible. So, George, highly collectible. what do you think about what uh, Shout Factory is doing with some of their smaller horror titles and releasing them website only in batches of fifteen hundred pieces each? Well, I mean, I know a lot of people complain about that, and it makes it easy to miss out on something. But I guess it's the only way they can release some of this stuff without uh, right. They're not without you know, taking a chance of losing. And yeah, because they don't have to go through the distributors, you know. And and I guess they don't lose it. And some people say they're overpriced. You know, it's like if I if I really want the movie on Blu-ray, I don't really I don't bat an eye, you know. And yep. So not that I have like you know money to burn, but it, you know it's like sometimes you just look at it and you go, I got I got to get this, and that's that. So I can understand yep. why they do it. I know a lot of people aren't exactly happy about it, but uh, you know, if it gets an opp- yeah. if it means an opportunity to release things that you wouldn't, uh, you know, ordinarily see right away, and and they're gonna make it available. And if it's something I want, then I, that I'm gonna be happy about, then I'm all for it. Well, they set a precedent with Doctor Strange. It sold out within two hours. So they're going to order another 1,500 copies, which in a way it seems like they're going to play it safe. As long as they keep selling out batches, they're going to order new ones. But if you get a title that just sits there and stinks. Yeah, something like Doctor Strange is more mainstream. I mean, what is that, the the TV movie? Yeah. And I guess it's... I wasn't aware they released that. Yeah, I must have seen it, but see, it's not something I'm I'm necessarily interested in. Um, but like you know, like something like the Brain Eaters, that's not going to sell out, you know, right away. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Or, uh, or Attack whatever. Of the, Attack uh, of the Crab Monsters. Attack of the Crab Monsters. Beast with a Million Eyes, and recently the Day of the World ended. So, and actually, yeah, I just one of those. George ended up telling me 
you know, I didn't even know Day of the World Ender was available. I, I bought, I ended up buying it in the brain, the brain eaters back, you know, on the same order. Um, I really want those old, uh, you know, those old uh, Corman black and white uh, productions. I, I want them. Uh, well, they mean a lot to me. They were stuff that I watched as a kid and George watched as a kid, and they're a big deal to us. I mean, it's a shame that these movies are that these movies are so expensive for one hour, and they could double them up. But that's the, that's just the uh, you know that's the format they choose to do one movie per release, and that's the way we're going to buy them. So. You know, I'm I'm waiting for the original dawn of this this uh, earth. You know, it's going to be coming because the rest of them have. So at some point, yeah, that I see because they did satellites. release it on they yeah they did release it on DVD. You're, uh, you're right. I mean, right, I have the DVDs with yep. the set with Attack of the Crab Monsters and like you said, uh, the War of Satellites. So War of the Satellites, I'm, right? I'm sure that those two. Uh, are going to come as well on, on Blu-ray, and then you get can't get rid yeah, of those movies are great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, none of this hurts, especially, yeah. Sure. And I would like, but I haven't got the money to get it, but the New Orleans set that Severance put out with uh, uh, Crypt of Dark Secrets, uh, Mardi Gras Massacre, and I forget what the third one is from that guy. Oh, that Mardi Gras yeah. Massacre movie. You know, I posted that on, I posted clips for that on uh on on, on uh, what do you call it? Um, Facebook, and I actually got in trouble for it. <laughs> <laughs> I posted I posted a link to the movie, and and uh, somehow it got reported. I mean, it wasn't somebody I know that reported. It must have came up from a bot thing, and it got pulled from uh, it got pulled or something. They did something to it. I don't know what it was. I got a warning saying that the movie was inappropriate. I mean, it may it, it, the bot may have even read. That it was, it was, you know, on YouTube it may have been listed as a science kind of thing or something, you know. And the bottom yeah. line was that, you know, it got it got flagged. I was kind of pissed about it, really, you know. <laughs> so, but that was yeah. A long was, time he was ago talking about the Jack White. Jack Weiss is the is the the director, and the other film is called Death Death Brings Roses, which I've never seen. I've definitely seen Crypt of Dark Secret. I think I have. The something weird DVD of Crypt of Dark Secrets. Yeah, me too. And then of course, the one, yeah, yeah. But I've never seen right. Death Ring Roses. I mean, eventually, I'd like to pick that that up as well. Sure, sure. Although I'm not like a I huge mean, Mardi Gras Massacre fan, but it's 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 kind of amusing, I guess. I I like these sets, but I would rather prefer to buy them at a decent price. I agree with you. I don't yeah, buy a wait lot for you. First, wait for them to be on sale. First comes out. That stuff's never going to sell out. That's stuff, I wait for sales all the time. Yeah, these days you have to because everything, you know. And, and fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, these companies, they throw a lot at you. All these companies are releasing things one after the other, so. Yep. Some things I yep. can't wait. Some things I can, and, and you know. <laughs> I have a list of stuff I pick up, so you know as it goes along. But you know it's good stuff. But yeah. So, gee, any other questions here, Steve? You can think of. I'm out of questions. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, the Lunsterama is good in the '80s, and really, there isn't any bad titles, unless you're one of those no. that are real picky about 
the quality of your films, then you probably won't like Zombie 3. Well, I think they'll be drunk or high enough by that hour or Yeah, well, oh yeah, loopy <laughs> if you spent the whole weekend. By the time it's Saturday at that time, you probably see movies that it wasn't even shown. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, probably. <laughs> so that is a likelihood of that. <laughs> so obviously yeah. we're hoping that it might, it might wake a few people up. Or, or, you know, passing out at that time in the morning. Because it is, it is kind of, it is pretty wild. It's uh, kind of a roller coaster ride. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes over. Yeah, at that killer time. birds, zombies, uh, zombies with machetes too that know how to fight. Right. Not Absolutely. as cool as that one zombie from Hell of the Living Dead that just opens the car door and jumps in the car. That one's my favorite of the whole movie. I remember that. Yeah, he just yeah, opened the funny. door and jumps on in. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Zombies are people, too. At least they used to be living people. So. Yeah. Remember, George Romero says they always remember the things that matter to them. So maybe they enjoyed just hopping in a random car from time yeah. to time. <clears throat> well, you know. thank you guys uh, for being on. And people, go out to the drive-in Monsterama. It's going to be a great, great show as usual. And if you don't enjoy the movies, you're probably going to enjoy hanging out with the usual cast of characters that go there. You know, and also, listen, Steve, thank you. For always having us on, I'm glad to hear you're doing better. I didn't know you were in the hospital, and we're, we're very, very thankful that you're healthy and, and you're happy. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to spending this, these nights with you every single year. It's just something we never want to miss. So yeah, we wish you could be there for everything that you do for us. Oh, I wish I just to get to see uh, Dr. Butcher We joke, on, We joke uh, with you a lot and tease you yeah. and everything, but it's, it's all in – just for fun, and you, you matter to us a lot, so we're just I very know. happy you're healthy and well. Well, you're we really friends do. to me, too. That's Like I said, that's, very much. that's the best thing about that is that <clears throat> George and Gene will make you feel welcome there. Oh, yeah, well, I think you did your share of that yourself. I think you and the gang of guys that always sat in the front of the concession stand, I think you were, yeah, you, the concession you know, you were all stand pretty crew. much... <laughs> regular regular um, fixtures as well every year. So it's, yeah. you know, you give yourself some credit here. You guys are definitely part of that whole scene and part of the family, and that matters to everybody. And, of course, well, the so. couch crew, but that's old school for us who went there first and wondered every year for the first three or four years, why is there a recliner in the middle of the drive-in? And then we well, realized you, that you that gotta, was the smartest guy. Yeah, we like. Admit he was original. <laughs> yeah, well, he was definitely smart. Definitely original. He watching in more sure. comfort than probably we were. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he was, except for unless it rained on it. I think he covers it up. Actually, I I don't remember. I can't remember that. Hell, I can't remember what we showed two years ago. Yeah. Thank you guys for being on, and thank everyone for listening. And we'll see you Wednesday as we go to, as me and Carl go back to the Starlight Drive-In. And this Wednesday we're going to be doing a watch of uh, Hollywood Boulevard. 
The only love Sounds note fun. to New World Pictures done by New World Pictures. And sure. as usual, fun, the fun movie, movie, fun movie. It's, yeah. yeah. And usually before the movie, we do like a half hour trailers, which is always yep. fun. Totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Enjoy yourself. And we would tune in, but we'll be sweating bullets because we're two days before the show. So. I know. Yeah. George is the kind of guy, people, that he could have it all sold out, and he'd still be nervous <laughs> two days before. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, you know, like uh, Todd, the owner, just, uh, you know, texted me a few hours ago, you know, saying, like, all, everything, all the, all the films got there. So it's like, okay, that's really, because I, you know, I have to book these things and, you know, I'll be with them, you know, talking to Agfa or whatever, you know, saying, you know, did you send it? Do you, do you have my FedEx number? Are you shipping it to see it? You know, you have to be on top of a, a lot of things. So you, you get you get nervous and then you worry about weather, you worry about reactions of the crowd, if uh, attendance, of course, which is a big thing, if the theater's happy with the way the show's going. Yeah. You know, I that's important to me too. Believe me, I'm. You know, I want to. Oh, I want them to yeah. be happy. You know, and when they're I happy, for, I'm happy. Uh, yeah, you I know. forgot. What is the weather supposed to be there this? Uh, it's going to be chilly at night. It's going to be chilly at night, basically. Oh, so. another Iron Man year. Well, I remember the first year it was like rain. 30 degrees. Well, I don't know if it'd be that cold. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be 30 <laughs> degrees. I'm. You know, this was the weekend that would have been the best weekend, but that's just the way it always happens. You know, this yeah. is, you know, I worked at my yard for two days and probably will get some time in my yard again tomorrow. And it's been in the 80s in the Pittsburgh area, but next week around this time, it's going to be probably, I think, in the 60s during the day and 40s at night. But at this point in the game, we're not seeing any rain. And we don't mind either because the show goes on regardless, but. We find it a little more entertaining if it's just cold and without the rain. We can do without the rain. So. Yeah. I think everybody can. Yeah. And yeah. with that, good night, everybody. And thank yep. you, thank you Steve. and George Stay again. Safe. And, Bye, Steve. And Take care. And this show, yeah. And this show is dedicated to the family at the Drive-In Monsterama because Gene and George and, and, could get, like, the best films of all. But without all of you guys, the show, well, George could have only, like, put on one show, and then he'd have to say, screw it. Because <laughs> it all comes down Dr. to money. Dr. Fucci, Dr. Fucci will be there with his egg roll card as well, so we'll make sure he's... <coughs> okay, and good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Good night, sweetheart. Where is time to go? Good night, sweetheart. Where is time to go? I hate to leave you, but I really must say, Oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night.